welcome to the Cracking the Cryptic podcast. I'm Peter C. Hayward. I'm Simon Anthony. And I'm Mark Goodley. And this is the world's number one Sudoku podcast, featuring the boys from Cracking the Cryptic, the world's number one Sudoku YouTube channel. We're, we're all the number ones. We're all the holding all the records. That'll make you competitive folks very happy. Today, we're going to be talking about how you two choose which puzzles actually go up on the channel. So uh, for people who don't know, for people who have stumbled across this podcast without any idea what Cracking the Cryptic is, every single day, each of you uploads a Sudoku solve onto the Cracking the Cryptic YouTube channel. Each day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, it's bananas. And this is, this is something that started during the pandemic when your channel really uh, started to explode. But even before that, you were alternating or, or at least one puzzle was going up every single day. So today I want to talk about how you choose which puzzles to put up. Now, people who don't know the Sudoku world might be like, how can you even possibly find two puzzles a day? There's not that many Sudoku puzzles in the world. <laughs> or conversely, I was talking to someone about this yesterday and he said, how, how do they do that many? Isn't it just the same grid? Like, aren't there only so many ways you can arrange nine digits in every row, column and box? Like, doesn't it get very tedious after a while? So let's, let's dive into it. So uh, before we start, you have requested a disclaimer, which is that this is not a guide as to how to get featured on Cracking Cryptic. This is not going to be a getting featured for dummies that you can use and reliably make sure that, you know, every one of your puzzles goes up on the channel. Why is that, Mark? <laughs> Why is that? Because there is no instant algorithm as much as the youtube algorithm is a mystery to us so i dare say it will remain a mystery forever to people how we choose puzzles for the channel even after talking about it for an hour and why in particular their puzzle hasn't been chosen <laughs> do you guys get a lot of uh, disappointed emails being like hey i sent i sent you this puzzle and you didn't pick it up and so i've quit sudoku setting forever and i'm going to become an accountant yes uh, it's not unknown <laughs> yes we do and we get sort of progressively more and more desperate emails you know so someone might send one and then <laughs> Um, because we, we just don't have the time to reply to everybody or really anybody who sends in puzzles because we get so many, then they might leave it a week or two weeks and then you'll get another email saying, I'm just sending this again to remind you. <laughs> or I've added some more digits to it or taken digits away and it's a better solve path now. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it'll go from there. And then some people do get quite irate, m more because they don't get a reply that we haven't featured them. I am going a little bit red because I didn't get irate, but I I did do the follow-up. I recently sent you guys a puzzle. <laughs> and then I think it was a good six months later. I was like, hey, I just found this puzzle again. And it is very good. And you should definitely solve it. And uh, <laughs> I brought this up in a meeting. And Simon's response was like, oh, did you send a puzzle? Mark hid it from me because we don't like you. He was very direct about it, I thought. <laughs> I don't think he said exactly that. <laughs> this is, I'm bringing it up now a third time I realise but it, it, it <laughs> this, is, this is my way of publicly peer pressuring you into doing this rather excellent puzzle um, so how many puzzles do you get sent every day if, if you had to estimate probably uh, well over 10 I'd say 10 to 15 on average like yeah. that. and that's the ones that Simon sees so the ones that Mark sees and doesn't show to you is have to be uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's hundreds <laughs> so about, about 15 and that's directly to your email that come in so when you do get these, like how many of the puzzles that you choose would you say you, you take from these emails, like versus, uh, versus other channels? That's a good question because there are setters, I'm sure that you'd know who they, they are, who either they don't send us puzzles or don't tend to, but they pretty much know they're going to get featured. So somebody like Fistamafell you know, who is a friend of the channel and I do correspond with, but he knows he doesn't need to sort of say, here's another 
incredible puzzle because we know all right. of his puzzle. Just by putting it up, you, you'll see it. Yes, exactly. And then the Discord server as well. There are just so many incredible setters setting puzzles there. And we have a fairly open channel with a number of people there, but that they, they have quite a sophisticated way of voting for puzzles to send to us. So each week we get a digest from them of puzzles that they recommend. And we'll certainly be keen to look at those because we know that they've been obviously very well tested and rated on on discord and then you know the separate category is the ones that we get sent to our email which is cracking the cryptic at gmail.com by the way if you have a sudoku you'd like to get sent <laughs> if you want to get ignored that's the best way to do it <laughs> that is the best address to be ignored at you know that's at least i'd say that's at least 50 percent of the puzzles that we feature but then there are other ways um you know i'm i'm, I'm facebook friends with a lot of the best setters in the world and they might send me a puzzle on Facebook and say, you know, this one's worth looking at. And then we also tend to squirrel around in the blogs. And, uh, you know, so people like Bastian Valjem quite often will publish puzzles on his blog that he might not send to us, but he knows we'll see it. And then, you know, his puzzles are incredible. Well, R Richard Stolt obviously has a weekly puzzle that goes up on his on his blog the, the sudoku professor yeah R richard richard will tend to write to us and alert us when he thinks that you know i mean all his puzzles are sensational but if he thinks one's particularly good he'll let us know so it, it's 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 a fantastic virtuous circle really because so many of these great setters want to be featured and we want to showcase obviously every day a really top class world class sudoku and i mean in some ways it's a shame because there there are Unlike the conversation you had with your friend where they were saying, well, how can there be? <laughs> how can there be several Sudokus a day? Uh, actually, we're spoiled for choice. Um, and inevitably, you know, there are several puzzles each day that, you know, would be amazing to do, but they don't get selected simply because of the volume uh, that we see. Yeah, I was glad Simon eventually said about 50%. That's exactly what I was thinking. I would say slightly more of the videos I do are from emails that we get and slightly under 50% of the ones Simon does, I would, I would hazard. Uh, uh, straight from the email. Yeah. So, well, straight from the email is a, is a hard thing to say because we've often seen those puzzles before somewhere, even when we get them sent by email. Like they may already have been recommended to us. We may have seen them somewhere else. Uh, that does happen quite a lot. So sent by email, yes, but sometimes we're not doing them because they've been sent by email. That's just reinforced the fact that the puzzle exists. When I first started setting, so I, I started watching the channel and was like, oh, you can do Sudokus other than just, you know, you can do Sudoku variants, that's amazing. So I started setting and because I was very new to the whole world, I didn't, I didn't know where else you'd put a Sudoku. So I made it, I sent it to my sister, she solved it. And then I was like, well, I guess I sent it to you. And then my first ever Sudoku I set, I just emailed to you and you did it on the channel. I was like, oh, this, this, is the, <laughs> this is the way it works. Yeah, you set a Sudoku, you send it to these guys, it goes on the channel and people solve it. This is easy. And so anyone listening who <laughs> wants to set Sudokus and can't be as lucky as I was in getting the first one put on the channel, where, where should they be putting them? Where, where, where's the best places to upload Sudokus other than into an email to you? Definitely this Cracking the Cryptic Discord server where there is a whole community of people who will give advice, who will test solve, who will, if you need a bit of development idea, there are people there to help with it. It's an incredibly supportive community. The only other place is Logic Masters Germany, which I think is, it, it's a different sort of resource, because I think that what happens on Discord is a bit more collaborative in the sense that, you know, there are, you can bounce ideas off people, whereas 
what happens on Logic Masters Germany is something tends to get released in a final form and then, you know, it's rated by a few solvers. I think the Discord as well is more Sudoku focused, whereas Logic Masters Germany obviously is a, it's a big puzzle channel as well. So if you have a logic puzzle, it could go on there. Although having said that, I'm just thinking and the Discord server, you know, there are a lot of logic puzzles being produced for that as well. So I, I think I think the Discord server just for pure volume probably has more logic puzzles in general, just, just because of how many puzzles there are on, on that server it's incredible well i'm going to get this wrong but i think i'm right in saying that there are over thirteen thousand members of the discord server now which is it's an unbelievable number of of puzzle (laughs) puzzle aficionados it's a Um, it's a medium-sized town of of just puzzle makers yeah yeah which must be a bigger number than actually existed before the channel started oh yeah you're probably right actually although having yeah Oh man, yeah, I've never done the math before. That's incredible. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons I wanted to do this is A, I, I find it really fascinating and B, this is probably one of the most common questions we got when we did a call out for questions to ask you guys. Everyone was like, how do you choose the puzzles? So let, let's dive right into that. When, when you're getting these 10 to 15 a day and also looking at the myriad of puzzles that are on the Discord server and Logic Masters Germany, what about a puzzle makes you go, this, this would be good or not good for the channel? Well... Well, let's start with not good. What's the thing that you look at and you're like, we're not going to do this one? Like, what's an immediate uh, deal breaker or turn off? <laughs> I don't know that there are any total immediate deal breakers, but if a puzzle arrives... From Peter C. Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> if Peter C. Hayward, or a long, complicated set of rules that would be quite hard for us to render... In, in our videos, let alone learn. That's never a great start. I think a lot of people watch the channel and they go, oh, I understand thermos and arrows and Renban and, you know, you guys love Little Killer and Killer and I'm going to build them all into a puzzle. But that is about 10 lines of rules or 20. And, you know, they're just... <laughs> <laughs> it's not just hard for the more casual solver to keep them in his, in their head. It's hard for us to actually present all those rules. Because every time we're doing a video, we have to bear in mind that it might be the first time someone has seen a variant Sudoku. So we don't use normal little killer rules apply. We explain what a little killer clue is every time. We don't use normal Renban rules apply because a lot of people watching won't have heard the word Renban ever. So... You know, we, we can't condense that stuff and therefore it's it's a significant issue sometimes. So it's not a complete deal breaker, but it's a turn off. Another one is somebody sending a puzzle three or four times with corrections. And then, <laughs> then it's very hard to trust the output after the fourth send. I think people see you do these monstrously difficult puzzles and then go, oh, so if I put 10 different variants in, that'll be difficult as well. Like they're confusing complexity and, uh, and and difficulty, yes. which uh, which can be linked, but are, are definitely not the same thing. And also, yeah, actually, that's, that's a good question. Are you guys looking for difficulties? Is that a, is that a, a turn on? <laughs> no, not really. No. Yeah. No is the right is the right answer. We're looking for something interesting. We're looking for something that's a bit challenging, but really provides something to interest you without being insanely hard. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. I mean, What I object to is difficulty for difficulty's sake. So every Sudoku that you solve on Cracking the Cryptic should be interesting and beautiful. 
elegant, satisfying. If it's also difficult as a result of being those first things, that's fine. But what it shouldn't be is just rock art, you know. Otherwise, we'll just, you know, we'll just do Sudokus with 17 digits where it's just a massive long series of bifurcations. It's not interesting. It's not clever. Um, no one would enjoy watching it. We wouldn't enjoy solving it. So, yeah, I think that there is a... Actually, I've seen a number of the setting videos. I don't know if you've watched any of them, Peter, but we, several of these brilliant setters are making this point over and over again, which is that puzzles should not just be difficult. <laughs> you know, sure, there are some things that are difficult while at the same time being beautiful. I mean, the puzzle I solved last night by Totally Normal Cat, it's mad difficult, that puzzle. That was mad difficult. It took me... <laughs> Oh, it took me well over an hour to solve it. This is the one called The Monster from the Jaws of Hell, for anybody listening. <laughs> but I think anybody who watches that video will appreciate that it is an absolute work of genius. And it is such a beautiful Sudoku that the difficulty which is necessary to present that Sudoku is just a byproduct of, you know of being able to present the Mona Lisa to people and just go, well, have a look at that. You know, it's the right sort of difficult. And I think that's incredibly important. So if you are thinking of sending us something that is difficult, think about, is it necessary to be this difficult? As a setter, that's definitely a trap I've fallen into. I've made stuff difficult for the sake of difficult in the past. And then I'll generally set a puzzle, then put it up a few months later, because I'll go back and solve it myself sort of fresh, because I've forgotten the solve path by then. And if I'm completely stuck, I'll get angry at my former self and be like, well, what, were you, what was the point of this, Peter? Why, why did you make this so hard? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Difficulty is not of itself beauty. There is no doubt about that. Sometimes it's a little hard to see that. And especially when setters begin and they assume that the elegance of simplicity, the refusal to provide one more clue than is necessary to solve the puzzle uniquely has to be the way to go. But it doesn't actually improve your chances of being on the channel. In, in the situation in which you were there, solving your old puzzle, getting to the latter stages and going, I wish there was another clue here. We would urge setters put another clue in because, yeah. you know, the, the most depressing thing, in fact, is to spend a long time solving a puzzle you thought was going to be good. And then after the break in, some point later than that, you realize that it almost certainly can't be done without some sort of bifurcation that we don't want to present on the channel. And then everybody's time's been wasted if that happens. It doesn't happen all that much, but it's a very depressing moment if that occurs. So conversely, if, if you're trying to avoid stuff that has long rule sets or complex rule sets, are you more attracted to stuff with a simple rule set? Yes, yes I think so. Normally. I mean, it doesn't have to have a simple rule set, but a puzzle that is really good with a simple rule set is slightly better than a puzzle that is really good with a complicated rule set. So what other things are you looking for when you're deciding to solve a puzzle? Is, is like aesthetics or theme or backstory or what, what makes you look at a puzzle and be like, we definitely want to do this one on the channel? I think those things you just mentioned are obviously interesting. I mean, we got sent one... I can't remember how we were sent it, but it was had a Frogger theme, the old computer game Frogger. And it had it had just a picture that would have been an amazing thumbnail. And instantly, that's very interesting. There was also one Mark did recently, which had the, the Sudoku Duck. I can't remember what it was called, but it was by a Spartacus, I think. The Sudoku King. The, the Sudoku King. And that, you know, it just looks so funny that, you know, we do have a, an eye for, you know, what would make a good thumbnail. So things like that are quite interesting. Backstories we, are great as well. If, if you yeah. get a puzzle from someone's identical twin who, when the first <laughs> twin has already sent you a puzzle, you almost can't 
have failed to do that one. Or, or Terry Tao's brother. Yes, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. A backstory like that is, is pretty much a lock to do at least one video from puzzle from that person. Or an eight-year-old sending you a puzzle is hard to resist. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is if we get emails uh, and they sort of say, you know, XYZ great solvers have made the following comments in quotes about the puzzle that always gets your attention you know if if people like codec or totally normal cat or clover have said positive things about something you, you automatically think that might be a good one you know but you don't know well and better still if they send you the email recommending that's always quite attention grabbing as well yeah that's powerful <laughs> Yeah. So from your perspective, you are thinking of this in terms... I actually want next episode, I want to talk all about the YouTube algorithm because I'm fascinated by it and I think it'd be really interesting to discuss in the context of the channel. Oh, good. You can tell us how it works. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are you guys looking at this from the algorithmic point of view? Like like you said, if it comes with a pre-built thumbnail or if it comes with a title that you know will get attention, it, it's almost like you, if people can make the video appealing for you, then it's more likely to go in. Yeah, I think that's true. It just is true. I mean, obviously, what we're trying to do is to grow the channel. And already, we've broken every rule that we've ever been given about, you know, <laughs> um, I mean, we've spoken about this in the past, Peter, you know, we're given so much advice when we started out about how we had to try and make sure people got to the end of our videos. And, you know, it just wouldn't work to record long souls and have people duck out halfway through. And we just thought, well, yeah, but we can't deal with that. So we'll just do what we can do and see what the algorithm makes of it. And so far, so good. But, you know, obviously, some of the big videos that we've had you know things like the miracle sudoku i'm sure that the only reason that that went viral is because it's such an extraordinary thing to look at initially you know you look at it and go well that can't be a sudoku oh apparently it might be and then you sort of get drawn into the story so yeah it's certainly true that if if a puzzle i mean don't get me wrong if a puzzle looked beautiful but it was a rubbish puzzle it isn't appearing on the channel but if it looks beautiful that does give it a better chance if it is a good puzzle as well. Yeah, I publish board games. This podcast is sponsored by Jellybean Games and we get a lot of submissions. And what people don't realize is that we eventually need to make a product. So the more like a product your game submission looks like, the more likely it is to get through the system. Like we're not going to publish, you know, you can have the world's best game that's unsellable. We're not going to publish that. If you can make it very clear to me, the publisher, how your game is sellable, we actually don't take submissions anymore. Please don't send me your games. But back when we did, if you can, if you can show me how your prototype is going to be a game on the shelf, it's going to, you know, it's going to go through the process so much smoother from our end. So let's talk about the Miracle Sudoku because that one Mark solved and then sent to you. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. And I had actually uh, seen that one on Logic Masters Germany. Mitchell Lee had uploaded it uh, a few days before. And was that how you found that one, Mark? Or was that one emailed in? No, no I think we, we either had it recommended or emailed it. I think we got it emailed directly from Mitchell, to be honest. That might be right. I have a vaguest recollection that Christoph Seliger might have emailed it to us. Possibly true, yeah. I can't remember. Because I'd seen that on Logic Masters Germany, solved it, been like, that's nifty, cool, and then just kind of moved on with my life. And then when, when uh, everyone sent that to me the next day, being like, you've got to watch this video of this man solving Sudoku, I was sort of spoiled because I'd already seen the whole path. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think when I saw that and, and when I sat down and went through it, I think in the back of my head, I'd already been thinking one of these days I've got to send Simon a puzzle that just looks ridiculous <laughs> and tell him open it live on the channel. 
And that'll be more interesting than him putting it in the software and having thought about it for a minute or two at some <laughs> point during that accidentally. So it fitted really well with that plan. But I mean, so the, the job he made of it was beyond anything I expected. It was brilliant. <laughs> it's a great video. Uh, so Mark, had you solved that one? Like, had you solved that one off camera or had you recorded a video and been like, oh, maybe Simon will do it? I had got to the end of that one, yeah. So what- I hadn't done it in 20 minutes. <laughs> So what, what, does, what does that process look like when you recommend puzzles to each other? Do you ever start recording a solve and then stop halfway and, and be like, Simon will enjoy this? It's a reasonably rare thing, actually. It, I mean, it doesn't happen more than once a week, I think, that we'd recommend a puzzle to the other person. It's not commonplace, but, you know, I will have done a puzzle either because somebody has suggested that we do it and, you know, I will have said, well, that does look interesting. And then if I'm not sure, that's often when it will be like that. I'm not sure if this puzzle is right for the channel, but then I have a go. And if it's something that is, you know, not, not just good, but probably up Simon's street as well, then, I, then I'll recommend it. So that's how I would go about that, I think. And so how many puzzles are you solving a week not for the channel, like just for fun or for research or for preliminary for the other person? Well, it varies a lot. I mean, there are weeks when I'm solving or setting for apps or solving. There's there's competitions occasionally, like this weekend. I would have done a 10 or 11 puzzles just in a competition without you know, in an hour and a half. And um, I don't know, how many am I solving for leisure? It's not really a lot that I'm solving that might turn into a puzzle for Simon to do for the channel. Maybe two or three a day, something like that. Simon, what about you? Yeah, I'd say mine's... I'd say it's less. I mean, in terms of how many, how much time I get to just solve Sudoku <laughs> for fun, that, that doesn't really exist anymore, to be honest. Um, sometimes we'll get something back from the testers and they'll say, this is probably a Mark video, but we aren't sure. Then I will have a look at it for that. But that's, you know, that's not more than a couple of times a week. I I suppose solving for fun is something that has gone by the wayside. But on the other hand, you know, that's one of the reasons I think Hopefully it comes across when I'm recording a video. I get quite excited about the fact that I'm going to be able to do a Sudoku. You know, for the next half an hour, I get to do something I enjoyed doing. So, you know, it's quite cool like that. Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah, Would you say that on average you now solve more or less Sudoku? A great number or fewer than you did before starting the channel? Well, it's, it's, it's definitely fewer because they're so so much harder. I mean, if I... What, what about minutes? Min- minutes spent solving Sudokus? <sighs> Don't know. Hard to judge because when before the channel existed, I was commuting, and so you know that was that was quite a long time every day when I just sit on the train doing puzzles, you know. And I, that that's, <laughs> that that doesn't exist anymore, thank God. So so I don't know. I, I feel I must be solving more puzzles now. Actually, thinking about it, I still I still do the same crossword regime that I was doing before. So I'm still doing two or three crosswords a day and two or three a day yeah and then and then i do i quite often do logic puzzles as well so like you know on twitter some of the japanese constructors will quite often share yajalins or whatever it is and i quite often find myself doing those so i'm definitely spending many more minutes doing sudoku (laughs) than than i used to before the channel in various forms and, and it doesn't feel like most of that is leisure solving now. Is that Sudoku specific though, or, or, or all puzzles? 
<laughs> I was going to say, because you are, um, this is maybe, you, you can tell me to cut this if you want, uh, <laughs> behind the curtains. You are the main tester for Cracking the Cryptic. Uh, no, I don't think that's necessarily right at all, actually. Really? Because uh, when, when I was submitting the, um, the ARG and the puzzle hunt for the book and all that, you, you, were, you were the tester who did all, all of that. And so, yeah, that, I probably, I don't know. I mean, I might be the main tester for Sudoku hunts. That's true. I am. That, that's probably fair. Because right. that, that's they, they won't so that, tend to yeah. go out to testing. You know, we want to get an idea of whether a hunt is in the right ballpark ourselves. Simon would probably be the main tester for non-Sudoku puzzle hunt. But certainly in terms of submissions for us to do on the channel, I don't think I'd be the main tester. So, okay, let's talk about the testing process. So a, a puzzle comes in or, or you discover one through the through the Discord or through email or through Logic Masters Germany or you just walk outside and it's, it's, you know, pinned to a tree outside your house. And then does it go to a tester before you even consider doing, doing it for the channel? What, what's the process look like? No, so... Again, there's there's something if it's recommended by Discord or if it's by Fistamafail or you know something like that, then it would never go to the testers because we know it's being tested basically by people we trust. But the stuff that we get sent by email, especially if it's not from you know setters that we might recognise and stuff like that, that always goes to testing unless it gets immediately ruled out because it's got like a massive rule set. We just think it's never going to work, or because as Mark said earlier, you know, you wake up at 7 a.m. and you find you've had four emails from the same person starting at 1 a.m. saying, uh, you know, I'm slightly correcting it each time. You know, we're never going to send that to the testers because the testers' time is, you know, I cannot tell you how much time some of these people spend testing these puzzles. And it's got worse because the puzzles have got so much more difficult. And I think actually for some of them, it's become very... Difficult's the wrong word, but I, I imagine it's got quite soul-destroying, actually. Because at the start, you know, they could do a percentage of the puzzles. Now, that's definitely lower now for some of them than it was. Because, you know, if you're getting, right. you know, if you're getting sent a very difficult puzzle that might take us an hour, none of them are sort of quite as experienced as we are. So it's, you know, it's it's... It's hours of time to test some of these things. And how, how many yeah. testers do you have? Uh, we've got probably 10. But of those, probably five do most of it because the others will get, they'll get a puzzle, but they won't, you know, they're not quite as, what's the right word? They take a bit longer. So, you know, they'll tend to. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not able to immediately turn it around every day of the week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so to either prevent or encourage a deluge of email, are you looking for more testers? Um, maybe. I think that it would depend on who the person was, because one of the things that is most useful is that a tester can look at a puzzle and say, yes, this is a cracking the cryptic puzzle. Yeah. So I don't just want people who can solve a load of Sudokus and say, yeah, I got through that Sudoku. It was a bit interesting. Yes, that's suitable for the channel. That's useless. You know, that is what what we need is people who can spot amongst a whole plethora of pretty amazing puzzles, the puzzles that are really going to capture the viewer if we can solve them. So that is the skill. That is, you know, 
that's that's the money basically is how, how you know can you spot the puzzles that are going to make good videos and, and the testers that you have are they people who you knew in the before times or are they just fans who emailed no i mean in in the first no in the first when when the channel was a lot younger sam did a lot of testing for us sam kappelman lines he was he was fantastic because he was so fast and so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and also yeah, and also very actually very good at sort of saying this will be a good good puzzle for a video. Um, Prasanna was really good as well, but no, now it's um, now they're dotted around the world all over the place. So okay, um, so let's use my puzzle as an example. It yeah. sounds so egotistical, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lean into it. I sent you the best puzzle ever made. There'll be a link in the show notes, so even if you guys don't solve it, other people can. And it, it didn't it didn't get through the first filter of. Uh, it, it sounds so neat. I'm, I'm trying to use this as an example of how a puzzle goes through the process, but there's no way of doing this without sounding pathetic. So I'm okay with it. Uh, why didn't you solve my puzzle, guys? Why? It's so good. I, well, I, I've never solved your puzzle, so it's not like I've tried it and failed to do it. Um, no, I can't. I don't actually know what the answer is to that one. How many puzzles would you say go to the testers and they write back being like, don't bother? Uh, most. Okay, so the majority of, of puzzles that, that they test. Most, most that get sent to them, yeah. They, they will only look at the cream of what they have, I think. Okay, so most puzzles don't make it through the testers and... Puzzles that you solve and don't don't succeed on, uh, puzzles that you can't get through for whatever reason, whether it's, it's your fault or it's the puzzle's fault, how often do you bounce that to the other host? Not often, but it does happen. Um, because sometimes, and this is probably a fault of mine rather than Mark's, sometimes I can do the break-in, but then I get done on the Sudoku part. And I, you know, and I think, oh, this is still a really nice puzzle. So, you know, <laughs> it deserves to be that such shame. So, you know, Mark will get. There's a quote from the second episode that someone pulled and put in the comments. It was Mark saying, uh, the scanning fails us all, <laughs> which I found, I found very relatable. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, people know it fails me more than most. Um, well, so. no, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I think we're both arrogant enough to know that if we get stuck on a puzzle it's probably not unreasonable to blame the puzzle so only a few would kind of be something we get stuck on i mean i'm i'm kind of obsessive so if i get stuck on a puzzle and stop the video i will still want to know how i should have solved it and oh, i will do you go back and solve it off camera or do you just email the setter i'll study it for a bit afterwards always because i just can't help myself even though i know i'm often wasting my time <laughs> and if i then do find a breakthrough quickly and I think it's something I should have been able to see then then it might go to Simon but most of the time I either find a way to do it or I even see the intended logic or and it's just it just wasn't satisfying you know a puzzle has to be this is what we were trying to say earlier a puzzle has to be neat and beautiful to to be a really good video and if you know our not being able to solve it is a reasonable indicator that it's not weirdly that's what i think there have definitely been puzzles on the channel that have made it through that i think simon has said like this stumped all of the testers and mark like how does a puzzle kind of do that and still get solved on the channel well i mean yesterday's puzzle is a good example i mean totally normal cat is some sort of genius none of the testers could do the puzzle so am i surprised by that having solved it myself 
absolutely not. It's completely absurd. I don't actually know whether Mark got through it. I know Mark looked at it. He wouldn't tell me yesterday. But the <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not telling you today. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, am I prepared at 11.30 a.m. in the morning to give it a go, knowing that if I fail... I've still got time before 8.30 to do another puzzle. And, you know, and you guys aren't going to be any the wiser to the fact that I failed on Totally Normal Cat's puzzle. Yeah, I am. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's typically how that works. But I think it's fair to say Simon will probably only attempt that on puzzles from people who have either been reviewed enough on Logic Masters Germany or Discord to know that probably there is a good way through it in the end. No, I don't think we'd do that for a random puzzle. Oh, no, I never would. I mean, if you had failed on. No. And if you look at Logic Masters Germany on the comments on, on that puzzle yesterday, they're all sort of, you know, this is perhaps the best Sudoku I've ever solved. So it's clearly there's something to it. You know, that's, uh, you know, the, the worry is, well, not the worry, but the, it is well it is a concern because time is not a scarce resource or time sorry is a scarce resource for me it is the most scarce resource so if i have to spend 2 hours on something that never becomes a video that's a big deal therefore you know you, you you're only going to do that if you think the end product is going to be potentially worthwhile and there are you know the, we we all know i think the setters you know <laughs> People like Codec, Vista Mafel, yeah, you know, the, these people are incredibly, incredibly good Sudoku setters and, um, you know, they're, they're worth the risk. All right, so let's talk about the timing of it. Um, I know in the past I've recommended a, a puzzle and it's gone up that day or the next day. So are you, are you dipping in on the day to the emails and, and Logic Master Germany? Like, is there any kind of queue or backlog? No, no, there's puzzles that have passed testing. So, you know, I've got, to be honest, quite a stack of puzzles that, you know, that have passed testing and can appear on the channel. But sometimes I wake up in the morning and this will sound very strange to people. I think oh, I quite like to do a skyscraper puzzle today. Now, this doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And then, you know, I might have a look at the puzzles that have passed testing to see whether any of those are skyscrapers or something might pop up on Logic Masters Germany. I just think I'll have a go at that. Because my sort of feeling about it is that I'm likely to make a better video if I'm sort of into that puzzle on the day. So there's no queue. It's not like, oh, on Monday I'm scheduled to do this, on Tuesday that. No, it's not like that at all. There's a whole stack of puzzles to choose from that we're ready. That leads me to another turn-off, Peter. We, <laughs> we often get emails saying, I see you guys have done a lot of arrows puzzles lately. So here's my arrows puzzle. I hope you'll enjoy it. And you go, yeah. yeah but we've done a lot of arrows puzzles lately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whereas that... if somebody, you know, fishes out something that was a traditional puzzle type and we haven't seen for a while, like recently we suddenly did a couple of Renban puzzles, a style we hadn't seen for months. And that was really refreshing. That's, that's much more of a way to go, I think, rather than, you know, after the Miracle Sudoku and various follow-ups, we kept getting sent. I, for a while it was two Miracle-type puzzles a day. And the magic squares, too. I remember after, after the magic square, there was a whole bunch of them. Yeah, ex yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of magic squares, then there was a whole bunch of miracles. And, you know, that's really, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it fresh. So that, that's not a great, a great way to go. And so, Simon, if, if you wake up and there's a new Fissima Fell puzzle, you're just like, well, that's today's video sorted. 
I am, but whenever I see this new system of I'll puzzle it. Um, I think I used this phrase the other day, but it's you know it's like a siren song. You know, <laughs> I know I know it's there. I know I'm going to have to have a go at it, and I really want to have a go at it. Uh, normally, I want to have a go at it immediately, but I have noticed there are sometimes comments on Fistima Fell's puzzle saying, oh, I've managed to solve this before it's appeared on Cracking the Cryptic. So I sort of feel like it might be better just to leave it a few days before before it appears, just in case, you know, I'm spoiling it somehow for people if it immediately appears. So that's how that works. I think Fistima Fell is a very rare case. There aren't really many setters who everything they do, we think, oh, well, it's going to have to be on the channel. Like, that's not... Yeah. <laughs> even even for Fistima Fell, it, it's not quite true. I was, was going to say, there, there's at least one Fistima Fell puzzle that never made it onto the channel, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, who can guess what might have happened to that? <laughs> Actually, have, we, have I ever publicly said what happened with that puzzle? No, tell, tell. Give us the scoop. I, w- I don't know if you know. I mean, you may be talking about a different one. I wouldn't risk saying anything. I feel embarrassed now. But no, there was a puzzle that Fistenfell released that I did try and solve on the channel. And I made a right horlix of it. And I couldn't do it. And I had to stop the camera. Oh, uh, and then right. I... And then actually normally what happens when I fail to solve a puzzle is I get really mad and I go to my garage and um, hit my golf club into my shit, into my ankle bone, you know, as, pun- as punishment. Oh, um, my God. Um, <laughs> but, um, is this a joke or is this just... No, you have to punish... If, if I punish myself, then my brain knows next time it's got oh to do goodness. better. <laughs> you know, that's... that's this is done. like A.P. McCoy, the champion uh, steeplechase jockey who used to punish himself if he lost a race by going home and sitting in the washing machine room in the dark for two hours. Simon's that kind of lunatic. Oh my goodness. Mark, is there someone you can call for help? Is there like a... <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know when this is happening. I didn't know that happened at all. And I'm never going to know when it is happening. So <laughs> it's very difficult. But no, I was, what I was going to say was on that one, I did try, I did stop the video and try and understand how to solve it better. And I still... Uh, I can't even remember if I bifurcated to find a way through it. But in the end, I wrote to Fistmafell and said, look, you know, I'm really sorry, but that I've, I've messed it up, basically. It, it defeated I, me. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't make it into a good video and I couldn't find the logic that I was meant to find. And I've no idea how to pencil mark this stupid puzzle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did he reply called... and tell you? Or? Yeah, he did. He wrote back. He was very, he was very gracious. Um, and uh, he explained how I should have thought about it. Uh, it, was called, it was called Clock Sudoku, I think. <laughs> I don't actually know if Mark ever had a go at it. but I don't think I had a go at it on camera. That puzzle, um, yeah, messed up. So It's funny, you, you know, as, as someone who's watched this channel for probably hundreds of hours at this point, you, you tend to, the, the, you know, one of the reasons people like it is you develop this parasocial relationship with the person on, on the thing. You identify with them and you're like, oh, he did this. And then, and then you say stuff like this. And I'm like, this is so bewildering to me. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, what, that I couldn't solve the, the no, clock the, the, today? No, the, the, the going to the no, shed that you, and that you break your ankle with your golf club. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's, that's the same with golf. You know, if you hit a bad shot then you, and you let your body get away with it, then your brain hasn't learned <laughs> any lessons. 
You're a psychopath. It's amazing. Welcome to the Simon I have known for 20 years. I'm so glad we did this podcast. It's amazing. Um, So the other thing I want to ask is uh, sometimes you guys have puzzles go up on the Patreon as a a special solve rather than on the main channel. What's the differentiating factor there? Often it could be rule set. So there was, um, I remember Apayo, who's a solver I really like because his puzzles are, they're not fiendishly complicated, but they always have a nice bit of logic or two. I think they've got a really nice um, difficulty level to them. But he did one based on the World Snooker Championship that had like a massive rule set. It was like absurd. So there was just no way we could have featured it on the channel. It was too too difficult to do. But we quite wanted to to, to do something. And so it felt like a, a patron puzzle. So that, that's a, a good example. The other thing I have done occasionally in the past is... If Fistimafel, for example, releases a logic puzzle, some of those logic puzzles, you know, they're, they're, they're fine if you have a lot of experience doing that sort of logic puzzle. But if we've got to explain all of the rules of Philomeno and all of the rules right. of Castle Wall at the start of a video, we are so nervous that the average viewer is just going to be turned right off. But, of course, the puzzle... You know, a Fistimafel logic puzzle is likely to contain all of the beautiful logic that we want to show somehow on the channel. So uh, I've I've done a few solves like that um, on, on on Patreon where I know that the audience is going to be into that. Uh, you know, all of our patrons, it's massively appreciated what they do because it does allow us to keep doing the channel i don't want to go back and be an investment banker i really don't i think your shins might want you to (laughs) (laughs) um you know but but people who support us on patreon are you know they're real puzzle aficionados so you know i think they can bear five minutes of rules at the start of a video and you know that that feels like it makes sense that's yeah that's that's the more hardcore audience sorry marco yeah yeah it's an interesting point about pencil puzzles because we a lot of people who sort of become attached to the channel and get into puzzles they then discover pencil puzzles or they knew about them already and they get very into them i think a lot of the early discord recommendations were for multiple sort of different non-sudoku puzzles because people thought we ought to take the channel that way but it goes back to this issue of somebody tuning in for the first time and if you're doing a puzzle which has it's always a much harder to explain rule set sudoku has a a bit of simplicity generally about um, the basic rules, whereas a, a tapper or a look air or a Yagilin is quite a complicated concept to explain. Now, once you've got it, once you're playing with those rules, once you've got a bit of experience, they are very interesting and we totally understand that, but it's quite hard to bring that sort of puzzle into, into our main channel because People know us as a Sudoku channel and they're going to get a bit confused if we start showing other puzzle types that don't have as intuitive a rule set. So we have fought a bit shy of those and and I know people get a bit frustrated because they go, don't you see the beauty in these puzzles? And we do a bit, but but they're a bit more complicated for people to get their head around and that's not really fair to the audience. It's the it, it's the same thing as with an individual Sudoku variant. Like the elegance is is necessary for doing the channel. A because elegance is beautiful, but also B because the more elegant it is, the easier it is to explain, and the more intuitive it is to explain. Yeah, I mean it's always a, a, a linear programming balance between 
beauty and, and simplicity. And, and it's very hard for any constructor to walk that tightrope, but some of them do it very successfully. Uh, on, the, on the same subject as sorting, what determines a Mark puzzle versus Simon puzzle? Do you guys just both grab from the same bag? No, we don't, I don't think. You know, I think... Uh, I mean, this is true for all of the recommendations we get, unless it's sort of, um, you know, bilateral personal recommendations. I think people identify as each as having a style, you know, and like there's a, a type of puzzle that's a Simon puzzle, there's a type of puzzle that's a Mark puzzle. So anything that requires Sudoku should not be done by me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know how it's happened over time, but it's more an intuitive thing for us now. We, we sort of, and there are definitely some setters who, who I'm looking at first and some setters who Simon's looking at first. And um, he is more looking at these sort of intricate novelties. And I'm looking at the ones that are a bit more like the old style championship puzzles. And that, that is just the way we are likely to stay. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Mark, that you are the primary puzzle hunt um, tester for, for the channel, or Sudoku hunt, for Sudoku hunt, sorry. So when, when you guys are releasing the, the Patreon videos explaining how to solve the, the puzzle hunts or the Sudoku hunts, that's mostly under your jurisdiction, am I right? If they're Sudoku hunts, it'll be mostly me, I suppose, these days. Um, it was much more 50-50, I think, early on. But um, yeah, that will tend to be... Uh, under my jurisdiction but Simon will tend to have solved them as well and uh, sometimes on the Patreon especially you'll you'll release non-live solves so solves where you're just talking through the solution is that, is that something that one of you enjoys doing more than the other I don't even remember us doing that have we done that recently <laughs> it's it's a one I mean we, we've done the odd non-live one for the for the solving of the patron reward puzzles because obviously we have solved them before we've released them and we will rare, very rarely have recorded our test solve of them in the first place. So they end up being non-live solves. Um, frankly, I don't think either of us enjoys doing a non-live solve video. And it's, oh, really? it's a long time since, you know, very occasionally we've done something on Patreon where Simon was frustrated with the path he took on a puzzle that he was doing on the channel and ended up posting or that he ended up not posting. And I think maybe long ago he would then, you know, as a, as a kind of service to the constructor, show how the pu puzzle was meant to be solved. And we might have then ended up putting that on Patreon because it's a bit of a waste of a regular channel video and it might not get as many hits because the puzzle's been up before. So, you know, thing, things end up on Patreon because they have to go somewhere and, and they might spoil the algorithm, I suppose. <laughs> yes, no, the algorithm is a... A wild beast that needs needs constant maintenance and taming. Simon, you look like you have a thought. Um, no, I was trying to remember. There have been puzzles that I've done, and I can't remember whether these appeared on the channel or on Patreon. I remember Ken Endo's Castle Wall puzzle. I didn't live solve that on the channel, but it was such a beautiful puzzle that I wanted to show the logic behind how that puzzle worked. And I can't remember if that was on the channel or on Patreon. I'm not sure. I, I remember we revisited Tatooine Sunset by Philip Newman about three <laughs> times after yeah, the original <laughs> solve on the channel. And probably one or two of those were on Patreon because you just couldn't keep putting the same puzzle <laughs> on the channel. 
So anything else that you particularly want to warn people against or towards or encourage or discourage when it comes to submitting puzzles to the channel? Well, we have published guidelines on the community tab of the YouTube channel about good things to do when you're sending us submissions. So I, I would encourage people to look at that. <laughs> Is there anything that you really, really wish you were getting and just you just not at all? No, I don't think so. We're very much in the golden age of Sudokus at the moment. With, oh, as you said, what, 10 well, to 15 a day? and It's incredible. I mean, the example Mark mentioned earlier about Renban. I mean, Renban's been around in the World Championship for a decade, probably, maybe more. And, um, you know, I thought I understood Renban. <laughs> and I did a puzzle the other day by Kodak. And it was like, good grief, you can do this with Renban? <laughs> um, you know, and that that could not have existed, I don't think, without cracking the cryptic, sort of slowly pushing the boat along. And, you know, these geniuses being encouraged to take forms that we thought were understood and then sort of turning them up to 11. <laughs> and uh, it's just fabulous. It really is. Um, it's daunting, but it's fabulous. I don't think there's anything we're looking for being submitted that isn't happening. I, I don't have anything in my mind that... I, I, so I don't have this thing that Simon has of waking up and wanting to do a skyscraper puzzle there. <laughs> certainly not for skyscraper, but not really for anything. How, that, how, that doesn't happen. How, how do you choose, Mark? In, in the morning when you wake up, how do you choose which puzzle you're going to do on a, on a given day? I, you know, you kind of have a look through the ones that, that we've got queued up and just sort of seeing what looks i don't know it's it is an intuitive thing you just look at the ones that look like they'd be interesting again it depends when i'm starting if it's early a bit like simon i'm i'm more prepared to tackle something i expect to be difficult you know not that i think any of the ones we do are particularly easy except maybe the odd classic but um although even the classics now have gone crazy <laughs> some, of, some of them really have. That's absolutely Yeah, I mean, true. they've gone crazy. Tatooine Sunset. Valtari by Shai. Valtari. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these, these the, the mold has been broken. What, what's the um, most puzzles you've failed in a day before finally getting one that works? Like, have you, have you been up up, on the, up to the very wire and, and, oh my God, I need to pick the easiest one, otherwise we will not have one today? Like, if, you know, sometimes I will be out in a day and I haven't planned my day well and suddenly... I mean, I'm uploading a lot later than Simon, but I've even started recording after his video's out. And, and then if you <laughs> screw it up, it's a real panic and a mess and, and a worry <laughs> at that point. Because there's a certain amount of editing, uploading and, uh, and releasing time still to come. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that can be very difficult. Do What's you the have most puzzles where you're like, this will take me at most three minutes, <laughs> so I know that, you know, <laughs> it'll be a 40-second video? <laughs> no. <laughs> there must have been the odd DA's Horribilis where I've managed to botch three puzzles in a row, but that's extremely rare. Yeah, I, I, yeah I've botched two in a row, for, to my shame. My ankles felt it that day. <laughs> overwildering to me um any any final thoughts on the sudoku selection process no just encourage you know just grateful and gratitude to these incredible setters who who you know send the puzzles in keep them coming and we'll keep producing you know and show showing these fantastic things to the world 
Yeah, no, I should, I should let it end on that. But no doubt constructors who are listening for tips will think, geez, these guys are so haphazard and random. There's nothing. <laughs> <from it." laughs> and yes, as, as mentioned at the start, this is not a guide how to get featured. By the time you listen to this, the process has already changed. So none of this is, is uh, directly applicable. But well, um, uh, there is an interesting point there, isn't there? Which is that, you know, if you're in your position, for example, Peter, where you've sent puzzles in that you think you really like, when you look at the last two weeks of videos on cracking the cryptic, do you sort of go, this is not fair because my puzzle, my puzzle is better than those puzzles that have been <laughs> showcased. And I think, and let's, let's, let's remove you from this conversation because it's, you know, but <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't think my puzzle is better than any puzzle that's been showcased. I, I don't have that high opinion of myself. But, but there are, I think that anybody who's looked at the last two weeks of puzzles on, on the channel would be like, hard pressed to say there has been there's not be, it's definitely not been a bad puzzle there have been a series of utterly incredible puzzles so it's it is hard to get on the channel it is hard oh absolutely yeah. you know of course it's become this, this is coming much out harder. two weeks after we record it so who knows what's happened in the meantime yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the previous two weeks were great the next two weeks <laughs> could be awful could just be, could just, be my puzzles, just garbage <laughs> uh so I, I i want to say that you know i've been a creative professional for more than a decade now i'm very used to rejection but if, if I'm being completely honest, there is a certain amount of pettiness when I'm like, still, still not my puzzle. Like it, it uh, I, I wish I, I wish I was a bigger man. I wish I could say, you know, I, I acknowledge that my, I do acknowledge my puzzle is not as good as a lot of the ones that go on the channel. But there is that feeling of like, but I made a really good puzzle and then I publicly harangued them on a podcast to put it up and it still didn't it still didn't go up. This is uh, it. it it adds a slightly bitter taste. I, uh, no, I get that because it's like the rejection of your child, isn't it? It's like it's a like a little bit, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that that has to exist if you've got the confidence. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, it's not a rational, reasonable thought by any means. <laughs> I'm not defending it. <laughs> Whoever has the confidence to send us a puzzle must believe that it is better than a puzzle they've seen us do on the channel at some point. And therefore, they're going to see another puzzle of the standard of that first one. And they're going to go, but my puzzle's better than that. That is just logical. That must occur. So obviously, there will be a lot of disappointed constructors out there. <laughs> and I'm afraid that's life. Absolutely, yeah. And, and as, as one of those uh, disappointed constructors, it's, uh, it's okay. I, st I still like you. I still like the channel. I still watch. I just, uh, just, just don't enjoy it as much. <laughs> well, at least just you bit, have just been bitterly. featured. Oh, you yeah. sent us a dozen puzzles and have never been on the channel. Yeah, I've, I've been solving a friend of mine's puzzles for a while now. And he's like, you've been on the channel four times or five times or whatever it is. And I admittedly cheat a little bit in that, like, you'll often put me on there at the starter end of the ARG or, you know, when we're doing the Kickstarter or something like that. So I... I, I, I use every advantage I have to get on there. Um, well, as we've noticed yeah. during the <laughs> But no, it, it is interesting because, you know, you, you couldn't do every puzzle that was even of channel quality. It's impossible. Like, of, of, of the 15, 10, 15 you get a day, there's probably five on there that would make excellent videos, like just flat out excellent videos. 
Or, or not even of the ones that get emailed, but the ones that go up on Discord or Logic Masters Germany. And so it's it's actually impossible to do every good Sudoku. It does mean that if everyone suddenly quits, you're, you're set for life. But uh, <laughs> that's why I know not to take it personally. And B, that's why you can't. It, it's dumb to take it personally. <laughs> wow. There's, yeah, you're right. There's nothing we can do about it. I know Simon fights against this feeling that every good puzzle should be done on the channel. But we've had to give up on that. A bit. Can't do it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta reject ninety percent of everything, um, even ninety percent of what's good. So that does bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can support the show by going to Patreon.com/slash Crack the Cryptic, or by visiting Jellybean.games and using the promo code Bobbins to get twenty percent off any of our gorgeous, colorful, delightful games for the whole family. I particularly recommend Dracula's Feast: New Blood, which is a logical deduction game for four to eight players. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast and want to see more, leave a comment or email podcast at crackingthecryptic.com with any question you'd like me to ask on the show. We'll be back soon with more about the wonderful world of Sudoku. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.